Welcome, and thanks for tuning in to our podcast. My name is Daniel. My wife, Megan, and I are the location pastors here at Destiny Church, Nuremberg Region. We know that today's message will bless and encourage you because the Bible tells us that the Word of God is alive and active. If you want to connect in with us, be sure to subscribe to this podcast, follow us on social media, or visit our website at destinychurch.de. Let's get into the Word. from all of that to our word today and after as we just come to enclose the word I want to make an opportunity to pray for anyone who feels the Lord is drawing them through this word today and uh, I want to just take an opportunity just to allow the Lord to minister to people to lay hands on you just to agree with you in the response that you may feel to make and Allow the Holy Spirit to set something in motion. We come together in these moments, in the room and online, because the Bible says not to forsake meeting together, but to assemble, but to come together. And then it says in Hebrews, all the more, do it all the more. As we see the day approaching, it talks about, in other words, that end moment when Jesus comes. And we know that, we're heading towards that, that Jesus will one day come back. And in the middle of this life, on this journey, we need encouragement. We need to cheer each other on. We need to help each other stay on track, go God's way. You know what? Pretty much a summation of the prophetic books of the Old Testament is this. If you've gone off track and going your own way, come back onto God's way. And if you're on God's track, stay on that track. That's pretty much the prophetic books summed up. Go God's way. And if you've gone off track, just get back on track. That's pretty much it. And this point on a Sunday and throughout the week at community groups and other moments of gathering, that's essentially what we're doing. Through the preached word, through praying for each other, through meeting up for coffees, having each other over for, for meals and gathering in groups. We're simply saying, keep on going with Jesus. And let me help you from my testimony. Let me help you from the Word. Let me help you from my story. And let you help me from yours. And together we're encouraging each other, stay on track. Go God's way. Do not be taken off track and distracted by the promises of this world because they're empty and we come back to God's word and we go oh yeah that's right oh thank you for that encouragement because we're all people and through life we can get distracted and pressures and stresses are real family life work life internal world stuff that's going on inside of us we need encouragement we can't do this by ourselves and so it's a good decision you've made to come today the good decision you've made to connect today. And maybe if you think there's someone who isn't connecting as much, why don't you just reach out to them this week and just be that friend and be that brother and be that sister that says, come on, we need each other. Let me help you and encourage you on your journey. In many ways, I feel, and we're still at the, you know, the start of this year, really, although it's the end of February. 
But it's like the first year and the first start of a year for so long that it feels like we can breathe and act a bit more normally. Even this time last year, in this country at least, in these meetings we had to wear masks and keep some distance and all that kind of stuff. It was only April last year that lots of that got lifted and it was only, what, a few months ago that Deutsche Bank caught up. <laughs> and we've been through, as the whole world has been, through a strange season. We as church pastors, you didn't know what you could plan or not plan. You didn't know whether you could meet or not meet. You didn't know what was possible what, and what, was, what wasn't possible. So it was very difficult to kind of get any sense of moving on. But here we stand at the beginning of this year and we're able to plan and dream and move on. And so I want to talk to us under this title today forwards, forwards. And I want to bring us to the book of Joshua and focus in here for a few moments around some things we find in this story. In Joshua 1, 1 to 3, it says, Now it came about after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' servant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, cross this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, to the sons of Israel, every place on which the sole of your foot treads, I have given it to you, just as I spoke to Moses. God doesn't hang around when he wants to take us forwards. He doesn't hang around old seasons, old ways. And he says, Moses, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise. And he says to us, and he says to you, arise. The past few years have been the past few years. The past few seasons have been the past few seasons. But now is the time to arise. Now is the time to gather yourself together and say, I'm up, and I'm going into tomorrow. It's time to move forwards. And I want to pull out several things from these verses and focus in for a few moments. And the first thing I want to say to us is, regardless of where we find ourselves, to move forward, we need to move forward by remaining a servant. Although Joshua has now been put in this place of leadership of a nation, and we would see him as one of the Bible heroes, it says of him here, Now it came about after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' servant. Moses is dead. But he still refers to Joshua here as Moses' servant. This guy who has given his life in service is to remain with that heart attitude. I'm here to serve. I'm here to serve. I want to encourage you, never ever reach a moment in your journey where you say, that act of service is beneath me. I've been there and done that. I've moved on from that. Um, I've moved beyond that now. You know, I once had someone say to me, Liam, the days of me coming in and helping set up 
are over. You don't ask me to help in that way. I, and they actually said, I've moved on from that. And this same person wanted me only to give them the place of leading the meeting and preaching. But the need was, I need someone, I need people just to come in and help set up. I need people to just help on graphics. I need people to say, I'm willing to help in whichever team. And they said, well, I've been there. I've done that. I've had my day. And I said, well, I've not had my day because I'm in helping set up. I'm asking you to come and join me as the pastor. And this, this servant-heartedness that God calls us to lifelong. If there was two things Jesus calls us to be, it's a servant and a disciple. I'm here to serve and I'm here to learn. We've never made it. We've never passed that point. And so whatever you're moving on into looks like, it should have those two characteristics. I'm here to serve, and I'm here to learn. As a pastor, I've done many funerals. Sometimes these can actually be, hear this the right way, joyous occasions. Because we celebrate a life well lived. When that person's not gone too early, it's been an end of a life, and they've been Christians, and we've been able to rejoice at the life lived, and they are now with Jesus forever. Down in Rosenheim, where I'm based, sometimes those funeral services have taken place in what is called the Aussegnungshalle. What a wonderful, beautiful word for those last moments of remembrance. Germans, you've just got away with words. The Aussegnungshalle. Let's all go there for this beautiful moment. Yeah, let's. Let's change the name first, guys. I guess it's all in how you speak it out. Aussegnungshalle. <laughs> there we go. It sounds a lot more beautiful now. And that's basically the, 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 the location, the, the building where we have the service. But to get there, you have to walk through the graveyard. And as is needed, I'll uh, arrive early to, to take charge of everything and take a bit of time just walking through the graveyard and you see all the gravestones and you see on it so-and-so son off, so-and-so beloved husband off. And I have to be honest with you, in those moments, life comes into focus. There's a person just like you and just like me that maybe the day before didn't know that things were going to be the, as they were the next day. And it brings into focus, we're all human, and it brings into focus. And I thought, what would I like on my headstone? What would I like to hear in that Ausregnungshalle when they say, we're remembering Liam? And I think what I would love to have, and you might take this, write this down, because it might be needed, you know, <laughs> at some point. <laughs> Just like it said of David, David served the purpose of God in his generation and then fell asleep. What a wonderful statement to have. Here lies, and this is what was said of their life, 
They served the purpose of God. They made themselves available. They said, here I am as a servant of the Most High God to enable those purposes of God to be worked out through my life in every season. And that's what could be said of us at the end of our life. They were a servant of God. Commit afresh to serve the purpose of God. And if that purpose of God needs you to set a chair out, needs you to preach, needs you to visit the sick, needs you to do whatever, stay available to him. Joshua wasn't to find this status to change his heart. He was to simply keep on serving and enabling the purposes of God in his life and through his life. The second thing we want to pull out is don't stay loyal to a previous season. Don't stay loyal to a previous season. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise. Up until this point, Joshua was like the second in command, if you like. He was Moses' as we said, assistant. He wasn't the main leader. He was like the team captain, and Moses was the team manager. But now he had to step into a different role. This required a mentality shift, an outlook shift, a practice shift. Moses is dead, now therefore arise. In the previous season, he had been with a whole generation that had died in the wilderness because they moaned and they groaned and said it couldn't be done. They took 40 years to not even make it on an 11-day journey. They weren't people of progress. They weren't people who were willing to move on and Joshua had been and seen and could have thought, but all I've known till this point has been a lack of progress. All that's been up until this point is like this. But if he had gone into the new season saying, well, it can't be done because it's always never been done, then we would have had a problem on our hands here. Well, I've never seen it happen this way. I, and and, and, and I, I, I've been around people that's always never been willing to move. How, how is this going to happen then? He had to say, wait a minute, this is a new season. I have to arise. The old is gone. And this is a new day. I remember even when I first came into ministry, it was simply to serve and to be discipled by the lead pastor. And then things grew and developed. And I was very much, if you like, a right-hand man, an associate, an assistant. And to be honest with you, as sometimes happens in churches, leaders are not always clapped and, you know, uh, <laughs> said, everything you're doing is just wonderful, Pastor. We agree with everything. And sometimes I was the communication person of the change or communication person of what we were going to do or I had to deal with it. And, you know, it wasn't always universally loved. 
I know that might come as a surprise, but uh, sometimes that was. And sometimes, just every so often, I might rub someone up the wrong way or whatever. But, you know, there was in the back of my mind this sense of, well, you know what, at least I'm not the main guy. You know, there's, I've got a guy behind me who's carrying things really here. And, uh, you know, if it all goes, I could just kind of say, well, you know, you, you, I'm just the messenger. And then I kind of moved out here and we, we pick up the main leadership of things. And I look over my shoulder and go, uh. <laughs> but there's a, new, there's a new mantra, there's a new kind of weight that comes with it, a sense of responsibility, a deep sense of responsibility that was there, but in a new way. The role has changed. And I once heard, going back to that manager captain thing, and I know some sporty guys in the room here, and with Adidas Connections and Puma, just to even things up. We won't mention the other company that no one works for. <laughs> yeah, you know who I'm talking about, a four-letter word. Megan just got it. <laughs> Where was I going with that? Yeah, the team captain. One of the, you know, in football, in proper football, European football, you know, that stuff, that actually is a ball, not an egg. And we play with a foot, not a hand. Sometimes ex-players become the manager. And I remember someone saying once of this ex-player to become the manager, the problem with him is he still thinks he's the team captain. He's still too much one of the boys. He's still too much the guy who's in the dressing room being as one of the players. He's not made the transition internally to now he's the manager. He needs to look differently. He needs to act differently. He needs to uh, deal with people differently. There's a different responsibility on him. And so if God is saying to you, come on, let's move forwards now into a new season, we need to consider what do I leave behind? What is an old way I have to leave behind? What's an old mentality I have to leave behind? What's a different way of thinking I have to embrace? We can't become what we're meant to be by remaining as we are. And the momentum of God's kingdom is changing us, transforming us. We cannot become what God intended us to be by saying, well, this is just how I am. Because the common destiny to every one of us is this. God wants to create Jesus in us. He wants us to be ever more transformed into the likeness of his son, into the likeness of his thinking, his valuing, and his acting. And that might challenge some of your thoughts and opinions and values you've held until now. Don't stay loyal to, well, we've always been in our family and fill in the blank. Well, we don't do things like that round here. Well, and fill in the blank. My mama raised me too. My dad always said, in our family it's always been, and we've Pick the commitment to a mold when God says, leave that season. Change your mind. That's actually what the first thing that happens when the kingdom of God comes near to us. The first instruction given to us is you need to decide to be up for change. Repent. Turn around. Change your thinking. Let something new break in upon you. 
believe in the gospel. Repent and believe. Turn around. Change direction. Let your mind, let your heart, let your eyes be affected and believe something else. The good news of how God sees things. The good news of what God has done. Embrace the kingdom. Don't stay loyal. Don't stay fixed on. Don't stay immovable. Don't stay as always been. When God is saying, my son, my daughter, it's time to move on. Yes, it was so, but the tomorrow looks different for you, just like it was for Joshua. Yes, you were in this position. Yes, you have this responsibility. Yes, you have to be like this. Yes, it was like this, but that's over. And you cannot take that into tomorrow because I need you to think. I need you to act. I need you to be. I need you to be up for different. You cannot become, we cannot become all that God has intended by staying as we always were and are. In Philippians 3.13, Paul says, brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining forward what is ahead. Straining forward. Sometimes we have too nice a view of things. Well, if God wants it to be, it'll be, we're going to chill out forwards. We're just going to coast on forwards. We're just going to go, Holy Spirit gliding forwards. We're going to go prophetic dance forwards. It's just going to, you know, it's just going to be like, ah, oh, so, so sweet forwards. But the language of the Bible, straining forwards, that speaks of engaging and Effort and decision, I'm going to go forwards. Can I hear any men here? You're all way too quiet. For all the nations amongst you, Jesus never said, be transformed to a quiet church culture. Maybe some of you have been sent here from certain cultures to be the change agent, to be that, come on! And you're still just going... And that leads me to the next point. Be proactive, not passive. Joshua 1.3. Every place on which the sole of your foot treads, I have given it to you, just as I spoke to Moses. Be proactive, not passive. How many times do Christians come and say, guess what, God just spoke to me. Guess what, I was at this conference. And I went forward for prayer and the prophet from outer Mongolia or from South America or from some other country, and he didn't know me, and he, he affirmed that word. And then I was driving home and I was listening to this podcast, and God just said a third time to me, oh, isn't it just wonderful? And we've expressed what God said, and we're excited about what God's, and we've written it down, and we got it printed, and we got it put on a magnet, and it's on our fridge door. And we've got to put on our coffee cup. 
And we are God has spoken. God has said, it's a new day, says the Lord. I have big plans for you, says the Lord. You're going to lead my people, says the Lord. I've got this new dawning for you, says the Lord. I'm taking you on into new things, says the Lord. I'm expanding your borders, says the Lord. Oh, it's just so wonderful. And this is essentially what we're saying to Joshua. Oh, it's just fantastic. But you know what? If Joshua had not actually done anything, got off his backside, and put one foot in front of the other, none of it would have happened. Well, if God wants it to be, it'll be. No, no. He says, every place in which the sole of your foot treads, you need to work with me here. You know, we can have many prophetic words about, oh, God says, I've given you this region, says the Lord. For this world is open to the gospel, says the Lord. Men, multitudes in the valley of decision, says, oh. But guess what? If we stay as we've always been, if we stay in our old mentality, it's not going to happen. So we need to say, well, God, what does one foot in front of the other? What does putting the sole of our foot down mean? One of those actions from this wonderful location here is we said we're going to put our foot down in Ansbach. And we've done it. And then people said, I'm going to be a servant. I'm going to help in both meetings. I'm going to give up my life to make that happen. That's how we began here with the crazy things like plant churches two and a half hours away. That's why we're going to Prague tomorrow because we do even more crazy things like, say, two and a half hours, that's nothing. Let's plan a church five hours away. See, we could have landed here in Europe and said, oh, God's spoken about Europe and everyone was wonderful. But if we hadn't got off our backsides, got in our cars, had rented a room, put our foot down, nothing would have happened. Be active. Work with God. The next thing to say is God keeps his word. Every place in which the sole of your foot treads have given it to you. How? Just as I spoke to Moses. God says, I want to keep my word. But I need you to work with me. Here's something for some of you. Go and find that notebook. Go and find the iPhone note that you wrote. Go and find whatever is being spoken to you, you've written down. Maybe it's when you were a teenager. Maybe it was 10 years ago. Maybe it was yesterday. Go and find what the Lord has spoken to you that you've forgotten about. Because God intends to keep that word in your life. But he wants you to get it off the shelf. He wants you to bring it back to mind. And he wants you to arise and say, I want to go on and forwards into what you've promised me. And God now speaks to me about the changes I have to bring, the mentality shifts I have to make, the steps I have to take to see that become a reality in my life. Then it says, be courageous. Be courageous. Joshua 1, 5 to 6. No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. 
Just as I've been with Moses, I'll be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous. Joshua comes up to Jericho on this journey. And although God had promised him victory, he had to go through some battles. And when he stands there before Jericho, it says that Joshua lifted up his head, lifted up his eyes. That tells me that his head was down. Because the Bible says he lifted him up. That gets me into that moment with him, and maybe you're there with me. He looked at Jericho and thought, there ain't no way I can, gee. God says he's with me. God says he's for me. God says get proactive. God says put your foot down. God says move forward. God says I'm with you. And then we look at what is before us and we go, oh, man. And our head goes down. How are we going to do this thing? Gee, man. Me? What? Yeah, right. Dear God. Oh, man. And then he looks up and he sees Jesus there. Do you know why sometimes our heads go down? Because we think, there's no way God's going to do that for me. Because I've screwed up. I'm struggling with. I'm not perfect. I'm working things through. God, I'm disqualified. And then we look around at everyone else in church and we think, well, they're all perfect. But internally, we feel that encouragement, that get up and arise, that get up and go, that I'm with you, that be strong and courageous, that be proactive, that everywhere your foot treads, that moving forwards. Well, God, I can't because I'm struggling with, I've messed up, I'm still working stuff through. I'm aware of behind the scenes. But guess what? This is what Apostle Paul said to Timothy. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, and I am the worst of them all. And then this worst of them all says to Christians in Corinth, in Corinth the following, 1 Corinthians 11 verse 1, be imitators of me just as I also am of Christ. Even where you feel disqualified, even where you feel, um, even in this state, God can you, God says, you can and you must go to others and say, let me help you on the journey to know Jesus. Maybe that is you get up and go and you say, I'm going to go to an hand's back and I'm going to put chairs out. I'm going to do whatever is necessary because somehow through my life I'm helping someone come to know Jesus. Please don't write yourself off or come up with an excuse to say, well, I, I need time right now to fix myself. Therefore, I'm taking myself off to the side of the game of play here. No, it's in the middle. It's in our humanity where we say through God's grace and through God's help, I can say, yes, I am on a journey, but I can commit to helping other people on their journey even in the middle of that, just as Paul did. What you're struggling with does not affect your ability to move forwards in God. Be here and amen here. Be imitators of me just as I also am of Christ. Paul said in Philippians 3, 13 to 14, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. And then in verse 14 says, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me 
heavenward in Christ Jesus. And the final thing to say before we just take a few moments to pray is this. Others are counting on you. Others are counting on you. Why did God have this discourse with Joshua? Why did he say, Moses is dead, you have to arise, new day, new outlook, be strong, be courageous, take these steps, I'm with you, I'll not fail you, I'll keep my word. Why, why was all this personal encouragement going on? And this is the why. In verse 6, be strong and courageous. Why? For you shall give this people possession of the land, which I swore to their fathers to give them. It wasn't about Joshua, was it? It wasn't about him. Maybe it's about all those people that would have gathered in chapter 24 of this book when he dies. And they're gathered in the Ausregnungshalle. And they each have a chance to stand up and say something about this man, Joshua. And they get the microphone. And one comes forward and says, such an honor to be here today. I'm so thankful for this man, Joshua. So thankful that he found the courage to believe God and to lead us forwards because I stand here today in what I'm in, doing what I'm doing, being part of what I'm part of because of his leadership. Me and my children are here today because of how God used this man. And another takes the microphone, says, I too, I don't know this man, but I too knew Joshua. And I'm so thankful today that he lifted his head at Jericho. That he looked to Jesus and said, I know I'm not perfect, but I'm still willing to lead people on their journey in God. I'm still willing to disciple. I'm still willing to pray for others even when I need prayer myself. I'm still willing to help someone understand the bits of the Bible I've come to understand even when there's bits I get to and go, oh, I don't know what to do with this bit. I'm still willing to use my story to help someone else on their journey because even in my brokenness, I know somehow God can use me. I'm still willing to, to put a foot out there and to put a foot down and to believe that God will actually hope, keep his word. And because you did that, because you made that move, I have come into a relationship with Jesus because you started to hold a meeting on my doorstep. You shifted the time of the meeting to a time which I could come. You, you actually laid your life down so that I could come into a relationship. And I stand here today, and I came into a relationship with the Lord X amount of years ago. And because I came into a relationship with the Lord, I told my brother-in-law, and he's here today as well. And his children are here today as well. And we thank the Lord that this guy called Joshua did what he did. Your life and my life is not about us. 
And Jesus said in Matthew 28, 19 to 20, therefore go and make disciples. Come on. Go and make disciples. I was sitting with a beloved brother once in an airport. And a text came through from someone that said, hey, dad, I just want to say thank you. But all those years ago, you came to our country and followed the leading of the Lord and set up an orphanage. He wasn't his physical dad, but he saw him as his spiritual dad. And he showed me the text, and he goes, hey, look at this. And I looked at that text, and I thought, you know what? Money can't buy that. Money can't buy that. And I know I'm talking to people here who have busy lives, building a business, building family, career, demands on you Matthew 10 39 that sums it all up we end with this verse says if you cling to your life you will lose it but if you give up your life for me you will find it I want to say to you guys today I don't care the name of the company you work for yes God can use you as a Daniel there Yes, God can use you as a Joshua there in the world of commerce, in the world of the corporate world. Yes, he can. But there was a bigger purpose in the heart of Daniel. There was a bigger purpose in the heart of Joseph for which they gave their life even in the middle of that everydayness. It was a commitment to serving the purpose of God, to seeing his kingdom come in, to helping others on their journey with Jesus to worshiping the one true God. And I want to encourage us all to recommit to going forwards, to leaving behind, and to bringing together everything we've looked at in these few verses in Joshua today. Let's stand together. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.